Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Punk Till I Die, episode number seven. Seven. Yeah, exactly. I, yes. That good. voice you hear in the darkness, that is Liverpool Neil. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm Hi. Tom Trauma. Yes, episode number seven. And now we're a couple episodes in since we know that these are actually available for people to listen to. Yeah, people are actually listening to these things now. It's pretty exciting. Seems we're like it. And, it you know, we've been, getting, we've been getting positive feedback and... Uh, you know, I'm sure uh, that uh, if you wanted to reach out to us, I'm pretty sure I forgot to give the email address last week. So if you feel the need to reach out with, to us and yell at us or speak with us or ask us dating advice or whatever you need, it is punktillidie77 at gmail.com. Yeah, and somebody do please write in because that mailbox is getting kind of empty. So is it, it's like conspicuously empty. The only the only thing I've had so far is the test I sent to myself. So there you, you know, go, or yeah. like like ads for uh, Viagra. <laughs> no, my, it's it's not out there yet, but it, I'm sure it will be at some once point. Once they figure out once they figure out that this this email belongs to An old, old gentlemen, yes. we'll send. The, we will be getting the Cialis and Viagra ads. Yep. Well, Let me stop you right there. We are both fully functioning. We don't need your help. We'll be good. Thank you very much, yeah, for adding that. I mean, I, I, I hate to speak for you, buddy, but, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'll yes. give you the benefit of the doubt. I, w- I would like to think so, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so remember, it's punktillidie 77 yes. at gmail.com because punktillidie. Not, not punktillidie69, not punktillidie420, punktillidie77. Yeah, because punktillidie at gmail was taken. So if you've been sending emails there, they're not getting to us. <laughs> Yeah, so. that's probably some poser. Yeah, who's really confused as to why he's getting angry emails yelling about <laughs> exactly. Fest. Your show sucks. I don't even have a show. Yeah, yeah. What you said about Fest, I don't like it. Exactly. Okay. I have leg tattoos and I'm very offended. <laughs> what? What? No? Yeah, yeah exactly. I uh, uh, I just got, you know, I, I, we, I admitted that I'm a leg tattoo guy, right? You did. You did. And, you, uh, you admitted I actually, to that. I had a little bit of a session on Thursday. So I had a tattoo guy that I really liked over here. And he moved down to Florida. I guess he got sick of the brutally cold Michigan winter. So I don't have a guy. So I, we, we, my wife and I both booked a, an appointment with a guy. Uh, she just wanted to get a couple, couple things touched up, and I wanted to get some new stuff. And the, you know, a, a lot of these tattoo artists, you'd be shocked, don't seem to have their personalized that together. Yeah, amazing that. It, it really is. It's shocking, isn't it? Um, but so he, he actually canceled on us. So I didn't have anybody. And I walked into the place where he worked and I was going to talk to him and he wasn't there, but somebody else was. So I went ahead and booked time with this other guy. What's the name of that place? Uh, the place I just went to was called Wicked Ways. Wicked Ways. And that's it. Okay. It's in a little town right next to us here. And the one I was going to before that was in, uh, over by the Lakeshore and it was called Attitudes. And, uh, like I said, I liked the guy over there. He was so good and he was so fast, pretty light hand. You know, I, I like having tattoos, but I don't really enjoy getting tattoos. Well, I mean, I know, I know, well, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I really like the pain. I'm like, really? Then why not just go out in your garage, get like a nail and just scrape yourself? Because that's what it feels like, right? Yeah, like, just I'm punch just yourself TV. repeatedly. I'm in just, the face. Exactly. I'm just watching TV, so I go out and get some finishing nails and just scratch myself while I'm sitting there. You know, it's just like, so, but the, the but anyway, I, I went and this guy was uh, pretty good. I, I will go to him again, definitely. He worked pretty quick and uh i just i had on the back of my leg like years ago on a just like an impulse on my calf i got a um the adjacent mask from friday the 13th oh okay and it was on a friday the 13th and that was sort of where it started were you drunk and then I, were you drunk when you got that no done? you know no. what it was my my daughter wanted to get her nose pierced okay but she was underage 
And I'm not like I wouldn't let her get a tattoo or anything like that underage. She's since got one since she's been 18. But but I said, and I always said I won't sign for anything that you have to be 18 to sign for. How, how punk of a dad am I, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let you do anything. You're underage. But eventually, I'm like, you know what? It's a pierced nose. What difference does it make? If she gets sick of it, she takes it out, and the hole closes up, right? That's or it true. doesn't. Whatever. Yeah, that's very true. So eventually, I'm like, fine. And then I just on impulse got uh, a Jason on my leg. And it always felt too small. The guy wanted to do it bigger. I'm like, ah, no, I don't want to do it too big on my leg, right? And then, and then I got a crimson ghost beneath it eventually. And and but now I just have this sort of desire to fill the entire like leg, my right leg up. So I actually got like a pretty good size, like fist size fly on there. Oh, any, like the insect. That's any, what I. Ju- that's any what meaning I just to that? Um, what, you know, I mean, why a fly? It's, it's sort of. It's it's sort of a like a memory of. My friend and I, Casey, who I grew up in Wisconsin, who I never see anymore, he's still around kicking. But uh, when we were kids, we snuck in to see the Jeff Goldblum fly. Oh yes, yeah, that's a. And I kind of have like it's got a little bit of a horror motif, you know, because I had the Jason thing and I have the the Crimson Crimson Ghost, Ghost, yeah, which is obviously like a misfits thing. But I am a pretty big fan of the old black and white Crimson Ghost serials too. I don't know if you ever watched those. Yep, did. They're like a good thing to throw on in the background, like if you're having a Halloween party or something. Yeah, some of those old 1930s they are TV from series the are good. Mid, mid 40s, I think. Yeah, I'm not positive, but anyway, yeah. So I got, I got a fly, and and it, every time I get a new piece, it just re- makes me realize how much real estate I still have in that leg. That's that's true, isn't it? Because yeah. now I'm like, oh, now I'm out of whack. Now I get to get a, get a little something on the other. Side. So anyway, I'm I'm gonna probably it's gonna be this weird eclectic thing. So I got another piece, which was cool. But they listened to in the shop. Two things about the shop. When I first walked in. So, uh, recreational marijuana is now legal in Michigan. When I was a young man, I was not opposed to it. I haven't for years. I don't really care about it. I don't care if you do it, but I don't really care about it. You know, it's just not something I do, but definitely live and let live. Right. Yep. But the inside, you can't smoke cigarettes inside anymore, but these places, two businesses I walked in this week and it reeked so bad inside. Oh, weed. That it's just, it's, it's almost shocking. I mean, I, and, uh, but my old guy was a huge pothead, and he could always do straight lines, so I didn't worry too much about it. But the other thing is they play – the station they listen to there – my old guy was like a punk metal guy – is 90s hip-hop. Oh, yeah. So I, I had to I, there for, uh, for an yeah. hour on my belly listening to – well, this guy worked on the back of my leg listening to 90s hip-hop, and that was not my favorite thing. Yeah, I'd well, rather have something that could distract me a little bit. Yeah, a lot of the intricate ones I've had in my arms and stuff, some of those will be like four-hour sittings. And yeah, yeah. Th- there's nothing worse than sitting there for four hours listening to hip-hop or, some, or, well, or something it, it you just, don't like, want to listen to. The first line doesn't hurt too bad. It's when they start going back over the lines. Yeah, it depends, where, yeah. it depends where it is too, right? I mean, yeah. It completely depends where it is in, on the arm. or you what, know, going what's, your into most, the, what's your most painful one? Uh, probably going into the armpit. Oh, the armpit. Okay, yeah. for me it's shin. Okay, I, got yeah, my, see, I, got I like have none pump, on my legs. I have none. I have with my wife's name on my left shin. And that's there's not a lot of yeah, flab no flesh. On yeah, no flesh yeah. there. Yeah, I I don't have any on my legs at all. Um, mine's all arms and shoulders and stuff like that. So, see, uh, I only got a couple on arms and shoulders, and the rest leg. I I I don't know. Maybe I'm a Florida hipster, man. Maybe I'm gonna start wearing those super tight like shorts rolled up to my thighs. I like you, man, but I would advise probably don't go for that look. That <laughs> you think you be... think I'm better off, I'm better off with the baggy knee length yeah. shorts? Yeah, we already we already touched on that. But. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, so so okay. So let me ask this. So how much? How much in your in your nape of the neck? How much are they charging uh, f- uh, for tattoos? How are they doing oh, it by the hour or was it by the much. piece? Like like a hundred bucks. Oh, that's all. 
Yeah. Wow. No, they're, they're, as a matter of fact, I was really wanting to get some in New Orleans, but I was a little, well, I didn't, but I just didn't want to take the time when I was, you know, down there. And, uh, and I was fearful of the sticker shock because you can get some nice work done up here. My old guy always took care of me because I knew him. This guy I thought was real reasonable. Yeah, you can get a pretty decent, pretty decent chunk done for a hundred bucks. Oh, that's that's good, man. Because up here, for you, us, could, you, know. you could spend hundreds, obviously, you know. And, yeah. But I'm not a big color guy either. I'm pretty much black and white. I have just a slight bit of red on one on my arm, but other than that, I'm just all black. Mm, mine's mine's old color and some I of the some, color. And you got a lot of small ones on your arms. Some of the Chicago prices are just uh, well. I mean, I'm I guess just, I'm, I mean, I guess you get what you pay for, right? I mean, if you if you pay, you know, it, it depends because some of these guys are really good. But like I said, I don't care about color. There's, yeah, I, I think it depends on what kind of intricate you want to, right. you know, right. I kind of have this this bare bones aesthetic that's probably not as expensive as, you know, I know you like a lot of color. You got a lot of color. I don't. Yeah, so. and faces and stuff. I got a lot of intricate work, so it's, yeah. it's expensive. And, and, it, and it, it, some of that stuff takes multiple sessions, too. And, yeah. And uh, I don't. So, yeah, but, yeah, so, I, yeah, I listened to some hip. So I've went into two businesses lately where it just reeks so bad. The other one was I just ran into a liquor store really quick just to buy a pint. And it smelled so strongly marijuana in there. When I came out, my wife made me roll down the window on the drive home because I stank so bad, like <laughs> of my coat. Like it smelled like I had been. Yeah, I was going to say she was thinking you'd been in there taking a hit. <laughs> yeah, so it smelled like it. It was awful. Yeah. But anyway, I don't remember where, where we started with this. But... I don't know how we got onto that at all. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's how these things go. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about some of the stuff uh, we asked each other to listen to last week? Yeah, how would sure. That be? You want to go first, or you want me to go first? Sure, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, you had me listen to the newest album by The Freeze, right? Yes. Old old Boston hardcore band mm-hmm. who released a new album in 2019. That's and, a hardcore anymore, right? But they were at the, in the beginning, right? I mean, so, they were considered yeah. that, but were they ever super? They were always more of a rock and punk and roll kind of band, I think. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Well, that's a that's a that's a topic for a whole another show, right? Like what yeah. people call hardcore today is not what we called hardcore no, in the no. 80s at all. So. Yeah, well, you know, we will get into that in a little bit too yeah. because i'll tell you about the show i went to but anyway yeah. sorry go ahead uh, but anyway so this was the new album is called what's the what's the new calling album all called? creatures calling all creatures thank you uh and it's like the first album in like 20 years right 20 years on the nose yeah so i probably hadn't listened to the freeze since probably since one of those the first 80s? the first two albums probably actually yeah. yeah i mean the first two albums are considered kind of classics yes. right so land of the lost and uh oh R- boy rabbit reaction it's the rabbit one with weird, yeah. weird ass face on it right 83 yeah. and 85 or something yeah. like that yeah so i i hadn't heard them since so um when you said to listen to this 2019 album brand new album i had no idea what to expect but uh i really enjoyed it it's, it's good, huh? Yeah, it's really good. I'm, it's it's probably going to be one of my albums of the year. Um, cool. If, if we if we talk about that, because um, you know you know what I really like about it so much is, and it's something I've mentioned before, and it's like I I always get on the bomb pops about this, but so many new uh, punk bands or hardcore bands, whatever you want to say, every song runs into the next. You know, they're all the same. Yeah all the same speed they're all the same instrumentation they're all you know it every song they all just run into each other right and then the album is just basically at that point you just turn it off but uh but this album every song was a little different i mean everybody should listen to this and And there's no auto tune on this thing right right cliff's voice is nice and raw it is even sounds pretty haggard sounds like a 40 year smoker almost but that's okay yeah and maybe and maybe he is right so uh 
but that I mean that's what I, I really really enjoyed about it is that um every song sounded a little different so you could never just it would never lull you just into like a I don't know into sleep you know um like the first song sounded kind of like bad Re- uh bad religion or something like that and then and then and then mm. that's well well what I'm well I'm sad to say what bad religion should sound like how's that yeah and the then, 90s, yeah. and then um, the second song they put pride. I mean, that sounds like a seventy-seven style yeah. English, or it could be. I like love a... the me- I love the messages too, like this paranoid. Because Cliff has always written these lyrics, these sort of paranoid. Everyone's watching you lyrics, but I mean, it's so much worse now than it was in the eighties when he was writing this lyrics. Now it's like it's all came true, you know, all the Big Brother type stuff. Well, it is, and it's really interesting. So every song also has its own story. It's, yeah, it, you know, it's it's fascinating. Yeah, neighborhood pride is about that, right? And uh, office of family design. Uh, what about it? Sounds like him, him and his wife have three kids, and they've been pulled in to talk to so you know all about Into this. The, dy- yeah. yeah, some like dystopian future where yeah, you're yeah. only allowed to have so many kids, and there's people watching you at all times, right? So, yeah. I mean, every song is is kind of like that. And the weirdest one was that uh, weird like acoustic folky type song blood, blood Flo- flows home blood flows home which is uh, god really disturbing because it sounds well, it's like funny he... because that that song actually references several earlier songs oh it does okay yeah from the earlier in their catalog and i believe it's the first time they ever used an acoustic guitar in anything um but you know they, they used to be the this this album cycle was more serious than i think that a lot of their previous stuff i mean they always did serious stuff but you know it'd be so warped like one of my favorite songs i was thinking about with them is refrigerator heaven which is a song about kids playing in an abandoned refrigerator <laughs> <where> the kids <laughs> getting trapped in not not to be confused with the old alice cooper song refrigerator heaven but they always were so warped and it's still warped but now it's you know older older age and not as kind of wild and salacious well this blood flows home was particularly uh, weird because I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it seems like he's he's a Vietnam vet whose wife died, and he's still got her body in the house with him. Um, it's it's just, it's re- there's some really disturbing stuff like that in there. But like I say, it's uh, every song sounds a little different, so you never you know you never get bored with it, right? It's uh, hmm. you know some sounds like I hope the new Social Distortion album will sound. Some of the yeah. songs, some of the songs on there have like a feel of Social D. So. Um, I, I really liked it. I've I've been playing it straight for the last week. Uh, That's for, great, man. I'm I'm, I'm actually I'm very pleased with that because I think they're kind of underrated and kind of been lost to history. Well, and I, I would like more people to listen to them. They were supposed to tour this last year, and I told you they're like on my bucket list band. I know they were supposed to play Reggie's and whatnot, and they still haven't toured. I mean, I would go down to Chicago on a Tuesday to see those guys. Yeah, I mean, I I hope they do. But when did this album come out exactly? Uh, earlier in the year. So. Two interesting side notes. One, I want to say because you've referenced the bomb pops, I just reviewed the um, the fifteen year Red Scare compilation, and Red Scare is one of those labels. It's Chicago based that I kind of have mixed feelings about. You know, they brought us Teenage Bottle Rocket and a lot of these other bands, and they are definitely one of the modern, better modern like pop punk labels. But some of the stuff is just too polished. And I, one of my least favorite songs on that comp was the Bomb Pops album or song. It reminded me of like '90s teen teeny bopper soundtrack music. Right. Yeah. It I, just didn't do anything for me. I don't know why they're getting so much publicity and getting so much play. Well, I, really I mean, I can, but they're because they have a crossover like pop appeal. I think. Yeah. Which I mean, is like, like I mean, to me, is the biggest turnoff. But I suppose if you're looking at marketing something, you know, that's 
we know one of the other reasons too. I don't want, I'm not even going to get into that. But uh, is it because they're attractive young females? Neil, yeah, you, you, yeah. you misogynist old creep. Hey, I'm not the one. I'm not the one buying it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it at all. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but that was point number one. Point number two was so so they put this record out. The, the Freeze put this record on this little label out of Arizona called Slope Records, which is relatively new. But they've been picking up some older bands, like they did U.S. Bombs records. They've done uh, they they did a Feeders record. I know. I know you know who the feeders oh, are. Oh, love one the feeders. Of the yeah. few. Yep. And uh, but I remember the feeders had a bet, nothing but bad things to say about it. And the, I think the freeze have had some serious problems with the label, or at least they don't feel like the label lived up to their end of the end of the deal. And I actually, when I reviewed the album, uh, Cliff actually came on Punk News and said, "Hey, you know, thanks for the kind words." And I had a little bit of communication with him. And I said, I know you've had some issues with your label, but when you are ready to talk about it, I would love to talk about it. So Cliff Hanger, the singer of The Freeze, is like a dream Punk Till I Die podcast guest for me. And I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, there's at least been an opening salvo. When we start doing guests, we're going to start doing guests here pretty shortly. I, I would love to have Cliff on if he's able to talk about what happened with the label i'd love to talk about the old days so anyway it's it's a possibility i think that would be excellent um and maybe yeah. and maybe that's why they didn't tour i mean maybe if they're having problems well, with the label it, and the label was supposed to fund it well, maybe that never the, happened yeah I mean, maybe that yeah that could be it but the funny thing was they were supposed to do a european tour and it, I, I don't know if it got canceled or if it kind of died on the vine but the funny thing was they were blaming – he said that you know we, we were supposed to do a European tour, but none of the promoters out there knew we had a new album out. So the whole thing fell apart, and all I could think is that's so funny because that's the exact opposite of the United States. The last thing the U.S. fans want is a new album. They just want you to play everything from 1985, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, you go much. see Fear. You don't want to hear their new single. But I tell you what, I and mean, that, that, and punk crowds are bad like that. I think. But that's what was great about this album, right? I mean, um, you know, a lot of bands, a lot of older bands that might reform or or do new stuff, and it's frankly just not very good. But this yeah. was this was just as good as any of their old stuff. I thought. Anyway. Well, it's I think it's different, I mean, but it's different, but it's. See, I don't know if I'd say it's as good or not, but it's 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 a good mixture of not of of you know being able to adapt a little bit without changing your sound because you don't want a new band an old band to come back and sound totally different but you also don't need them to try to sound exactly like they did you know yeah. and there's a fine balance there and I think they pulled it off right I think they pulled it off really well yeah so well, anyway cool, so Let's anyway play. I'm going to yeah I'm going to play a song off of it I'm going to play the third uh song off the album this is called Office of Family Design um by The Freeze off the album Calling All Creatures and I had maintained compliance. We followed the family guide. We worked the careers they'd chosen for us, raised a family exactly a five. So we were shocked when we received papers, violations inside. Together we read that we must report to the Office of Family Design. the next week in a state of confusion, just wondering what we'd done wrong. We chalked it all up to a clerical error and promised each other that we would be strong. Appointment day, we dressed in silence. 
So there you go. That was Office of Family Design by um, by the Freeze. Hope you enjoyed that. So Tom, I had you listen to something old, but in fact, I changed uh, I I changed my my album, right? Yes. I, I, originally, I was going to have you listen to the first Two Boy Army album, yes. but uh, thinking about it the next day, I was like, maybe that's not very kind because that's kind of a different, difficult album to get into. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the second Two Boy Army album. It's called Replicas, Replicas. which yes. which had uh, the huge number one hit, Our Friends Electric. And uh, was a bit more uh, palatable for for some. Yeah, for, that's for funny because listener. when I was when I was looking at what songs what song to play off it, that was my early choice. Yeah. Because it's got that big keyboard riff, if you will. It's funny because you can so hear. So the, those of you who don't know Two Way Army, which I didn't honestly, it was Gary Newman's band. Gary Newman was a huge, huge had a huge one hit wonder song in the United States and probably England too. Cars. Here in my car, I feel safest by far. I'm sure everybody knows that song, right? Yes, the way you sang it, who knows? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, hey, yes, for sure. If I had that, wah, 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 wah. it needed yeah. that little like uh, you know keyboard riff behind it. Um, but I, you can so hear where he was. Go- where you know it, it's it's similar to that. Honestly, you know you could definitely hear that in it. And every song has sort of a big keyboard lick. And what I will say about this is I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. It reminded me of movie music again, kind of background music for movies. But it was – this came out in 79? It came out in 79, yes. It was so far ahead of its time. It literally was what pop music was going to sound like five years later, six years later. So I, I think he's definitely a visionary like that. A couple of the songs were a little tedious. There's a six-minute song. Even that big hit you were saying, Our Friends Electric, is yep. that what the name of the Our Friends Electric, yeah. It, that was over five minutes long, and yep. I thought went a little, got a little tedious, but it had that great keyboard lick in it. Yeah, that was number one in England probably for about six weeks. That's surprising because that is now maybe they had a radio edit or something, but that's over five minutes song. Yeah, I mean that's a it's a great that's a great song and that brings back so many memories for me I, being, you know, being in high school. It, it's funny because this doesn't, you know, we're all products of our time to a certain extent, so we're more sympathetic towards stuff for our time. This I I have a hard time pinning this on you. Like this is some of your favorite stuff. It just. Uh, I what? don't know. It sounds like weird science to me, or something. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's not it's not my favorite stuff by any means. Yeah, but but, but you I have mean, sauce for it. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and and back then, um, 
you know, I I like punk, obviously, but you know, I also liked some of the more some of the more new wave type stuff too, yeah. and and this would this would certainly fit fit that. It's like there was two kinds of stuff. It was like the punk stuff that you really love, and then there was the stuff like, hey, this is good for radio music. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. But it was, so you but it was those two categories. I mean, it was new and it was coming out right, and um, you know, and, the, and your parents didn't like it and, and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> I like anything. so uh, you know, it's all very science fiction based, right? It's all some yeah. kind of dystopian future where machines have taken. It's over like uh, who's, that, like who's that? Who's that? Philip K. Dick or who's the guy who wrote yeah. like the? Yep, exactly. The, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do robots so, dream and ultraviolet or whatever's whatever the story is that. Uh, What's that stupid Harrison Ford movie? Oh yeah, and they Blade made, Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner. They made a sequel. A it's all kind of ago. Blade Runner ish, yeah. right? No, it it definitely is, and that's that's and in fact, it's probably a theme album. And if I knew even knew enough about it, I'd probably be able to tell you what the theme was. But mm. um, but yeah, all the all the songs are about that, about uh, aliens and machines and robots and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. it's I mean, it's got a it's got a very cold feel to it. But you know, I I like it. if you're in that kind of mood. You know, on a Sunday morning it's, or it's something. Catchy. You know, it's, the thing I will say about it is I enjoyed it, but I didn't engage in it the way I would some things. Yeah. In other words, I felt myself sort of drifting away from it, and that's not the worst thing in the world. You know, uh, but I wasn't. Um, it didn't. Gra- it didn't grab you right away. You went you to know, the club. It, no, it didn't. And it's one of those things. You know, I don't know if it gets my listening hours or not. Right. I uh, know. I understand. I understand that completely. But I don't. I, I don't. Like I said, I didn't dislike it. And it's. Uh, I would say it's just as well I didn't give you the first album to listen to. <laughs> so, okay, so what's the what's the difference between the first one and that one? Um, it, uh, it didn't have it didn't have a big hit on it for a start. It didn't have like any hits on it. It's was a, it it's, still real keyboard driven? Um, there's a or, bit there's or, a bit more guitar in it, but okay. uh, but the machine uh, the songs aren't as focused by any means, and it's a similar okay. kind of theme, just not quite as well done. Like he he kind of matured his vision on this album. And um, this was the last Two Boy Army album. They only had two albums, and then Gary Newman went solo. And his first yep. his first solo album was was uh, the one that had Cars on it. So, so I wonder what year that was. That was real like early. A, that was only like a year later. That was like nineteen eighty. Like yeah. So we like had. So I mean, he was huge for a while, right? He had Our Friends yep. Electric, number one hit in seventy nine, and then Cars was a huge hit and number one hit in nineteen eighty. So hmm. uh, yeah. So we had that. We had Adamant in the charts, and it was all was good in the world back then. So there was some pretty decent music on the radio. Yeah, I mean, it was good. the charts back then were were decent, right? There was there was some good stuff. And uh, on another show, I'll tell you the time that. Uh, I I got into was like a, I got into like a gang fight um, over <laughs> our friends electric as a matter of fact dancing wow. to that so yeah so that's, that's where you, a, that's where you planted your flag to die yeah exactly so I've got a, so I've got a soft spot for that uh, so, so so our friends electric was my first was my first feeling of this is the one we should play but I actually picked one that's later and it's it is definitely the snap one of the snappiest songs on the record and it's more guitar driven. Has a great little riff and is by far, I think, the punkest of the ten songs. Okay. And it is called "You Are in My Vision." Okay, good choice. Yeah, I so like let's that. do uh, "You Are in My Vision" from uh, Two Way Army's second album, Replicas. Okay, let's enjoy this.
Okay, there you go. That was uh, "You Are in My Vision" by Two Boy Army, and uh, I'm glad you gave it a chance, Tom. That's that's good. I mean, we've all got to expand our, our listening <laughs> habits, right? Exactly. Even though you probably never listen to it, you never reach for that again. No, you know, but... I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. I don't yeah. know that I would go out and spend twenty five bucks to buy the vinyl reissue or something. Right. But uh, you know, I don't really stream, so it's I don't have that middle ground where I can listen to something without investing in it too much now that's interesting so i mean i can a little i mean i listen to it on youtube that's where i listen to that's where i listen to the record so which let's... of course has the expanded version with like 16 tracks and like eight minute songs and things but yeah um we've talked about that before i mean that actually turns me off like they the people that are putting this out i assume they think that that's a reason to get it you know it's going to be a thing that's going to attract people it actually turns me off because i want to listen to the album the way it was originally planned but also, if I'm listening, yeah. to, if I'm listening to music, I'm normally listening to it in maybe like a thirty to forty minute chunk. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to sit down and listen to like the same band, the same band for seventy five minutes. I just mm-hmm. don't. Right. Yeah. So uh, my biggest chunk at home. Uh, I mean, I can occasionally sit for hours and listen to music, but I, I have like a twenty five minute commute. Right. So it's that's perfect. Right. That's be that'll yeah. be an album. That'll be a punk rock album yeah. right there, or, or close to it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I uh, like I said, definitely uh, new, you know, new wave and definitely futuristic, but definitely hit visionary, I would say, and definitely ahead of its time. Now, the funny thing is he has, a, I mean, he's still releasing albums. He's probably got like 30 albums out. Duh. And uh, I mean, he, have you followed his whole career at all? Not really. Not since, not since that first album. No, not. No. Just, you know, it's. Just, a, li- a little bit of that kind of stuff is enough for me. I mean, me. I've missed the last 40 years or so, but until then, I was big into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. You're right. But he has a rabid following. I mean, mm. like, you know, there's cover bands and stuff like that. So. You, now, you saw Two-Way Army, right? Uh, no, I never did. Oh, David did. Okay. No, no, never did. Never did. Even though did you ever get... see him solo? No, never did. Did you see that either? And he had a big stage show, too. At least back then he did. There was, like, you know, like glass pyramids and shit Robots. like that. I mean, almost, yeah, yeah, almost like, a, almost like Bowie-esque, right? Huh. But, uh 
Low budget yeah. Bowie. Yeah. And one of his famous things is he's a pilot as well. So he's a, he's a little <laughs> wacky like that. Yeah. Not like John Denver or something, flying experimental aircraft I like that he built in his garage. Well, I'd imagine he's flying futuristic aircraft, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, like people are calling authorities when they see him in his UFO shape. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Airplane fly yeah. around. Yeah, hmm. he's, I think he's a little wacky, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so what have you been to see this week? Have you been to see any shows or anything? What's uh... I did... So Tuesday night, I went and saw Madball. Madball. The old, the old New York New York hardcore band. The singer is famously the half younger half-brother of um, Roger Merritt from Agnostic Front. Okay. So they're they're legit, definitely sort of wave New York hardcore band, but definitely has the roots of Madball go back to the earliest days of New York hardcore. So and, what, so what are we talking? And like I know 80, they, 82, 83? No, well, the, you know the, the, that band I think is late eighties. Yeah. So thirty years now, uh, Agnostic Front's got to be. No, oh, they they were eighty two, eighty three, right? Yeah, I bought their first album in uh, eighty four, eighty five, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. they they're definitely well. They, you know what they call them? The Godfathers of Hardcore, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, but but Madball's been around forever, and they they're one of those bands I think kind of gets unfairly maligned. On punk news specifically, there used to be this guy who guy maybe a woman, but I assume a guy because doesn't seem like any woman's into the wasting this much time on things. <laughs> called Madball rules smell the bacon or something, and he was always making fun of. I mean, he was pretending to be a New York hardcore guy, and all he wanted to talk about was going to the gym and listen to Agnostic Front. So Madball around punk news at least always became, was always sort of like a a punchline. But they're actually a pretty great band, and they will always have mad respect for me because I saw them. So in like 1996, actually it is 96 because I looked it up because the computer has keeps track of things that I can't keep track of. Because back in the day, so many of the club shows, there was never tickets or anything, right? It was just pay at the door. Right, yep. And then the owner would go buy cocaine, and it was all good. <laughs> Give a little bit to the band. And uh, so you had – so. So I actually was able to find the date of the show, and there's actually video of the, of the Misfits set of it. But So the Madball had been booked at our punk club here in Grand Rapids, and somehow, some way, they got a chance to book the Misfits the same night. They were not touring together. This was the Graves era reformed Misfits. It was oh, still okay. pretty famous, exciting. Famous, famous Monsters kind of thing? Yes, and yeah. they were playing. Well, it would have been American Psycho, right? That American Psycho. Show. Okay, yeah. So... And it was pretty exciting um, that the Misfits are getting back together. It had been 13 years or something since the last 12 years or something since the last Misfits album. So they booked that too, and they double they double booked this show at this tiny little club. When they first when the Misfits first came back, they were kind of I don't know if it was to prove that they were still a punk band or just trying to be you know gritty or whatever. They were playing at tiny places. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I saw them at House of Blues on that tour. Really? Yep. Okay, because Reptile House is like 200, I would say, yeah. legally. Maybe huh, it was wow, like that. wow, that's small. Yeah, yeah, tiny. I mean, you had to walk around the stage in such a way to get to the bathrooms where it was it was a real bottleneck, honestly. And 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 then maybe to hope one of the toilets was working. Because that, that might have been place... Famous Monsters Tour, actually. That might have been the tour after the American Psycho Okay, because I was going to say, yeah, I bet yeah. you that, that's a bigger, much bigger place, because I saw them... Years later, I saw the I saw them at a much bigger club in town, but they were doing a thing called the Fiend Fest. That was the crazy lineup where it was um, Jerry only, the guy from Black Flag, whose name is escaping me because I'm the guitar player, and what, uh, Des. 
Des, yeah. yes, and Marky Ramon playing drums. Oh Jesus! Yes, that was like Let's the Misfits review. That. that was like the it was like Misfits karaoke. Yeah, because they yeah. they do like a Ramon song and they do a Black Flag. You know, they did like Rise Oy. Above. Yeah, and they did like Blitzkrieg Bop, and they did them all poorly. And Jerry's Jerry's a very entertaining guy, but he's not a good frontman, right. obviously. I mean, he ran the Misfits name into the ground, almost as bad as Greg Ginn is doing with the Black Flag name. Not quite as bad though. Um. But anyway, so they were playing at this tiny club, and it was so funny. There was this all-ages club right next door, so they actually opened the door for the like overflow crowd because there were so many people there. And Doyle and Jerry only were back in the room, and they were lifting weights. Brilliant. And they were very, they were. they were very friendly guys, honestly. Big, like affable Italian. Right. I've heard monsters, that. Yeah. Freaked out monsters. But it was just so like pretentious, you know. I mean, like I mean, it's so maybe pretentious isn't the right weird word, but it was so strange to me that these guys are these hulks are back there lifting weights before the show. Hold on, hold on a second though. How how did this get back to Madball? So Madball ended up opening the show because they double booked, right? Okay. And Freddie must have weighed all of about 150 pounds at the time. Little Freddie Madball, Freddie Kitchen, I think or something like that. It's pronounced. And he was very unhappy with the Misfits stage setup, which took up ninety percent of the tiny stage at the house. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Like so there was no room yeah. for his band. My yeah. my friends, the Crabs, opened. Uh, that was a great great thing too. They we, we, they were like the cool, like the best punk band in town. They got to open all the cool punk shows. I'm sure you had house bands like that when you oh, used to yeah. go to shows. Yeah, yeah. But but Freddie called them out from the stage and was literally talking crap to these hulking misfits. So he will forever have my respect. Wow, that's cool. That's that's. that's yeah, I mean, they a, could they could have so, used him band. as they could have used him as dental floss. Yeah. But anyway, I always thought that was cool. It was a fun story. Great legendary show. Um, and uh, so anyway, I, and I, I hadn't seen him for like twenty years, and then a couple years ago, I saw him with uh, Suicidal Tendencies, which was great. I'm a big suicidal fan. And then uh, I saw them with uh, Hatebreed, I think, last year. Ugh. No, thank uh, yeah, you. Yeah, not, not a Hatebreed fan, I must no. say. But the thing with the last couple of Hatebreed tours, they've brought along this, like, crazy package of bands. So for, like, 20 bucks, I'll watch Hatebreed play for, like, 10 minutes and then go home and watch all the openers. So it was it was actually a good show last time I saw them. Um, and then uh, this is the first time i ever seen them headline, actually. 20-something years later, they are playing at a little club within a club kind of a situation and there was probably a couple hundred people there and when i walked in first thing i hear is hey old guys in the back and so i turn around and there's a friend of a friend there and i went back there and stood with him and he's at least 10 years younger than i am oh shit okay (laughs) that's really frustrating isn't it well you know in the first the band i missed the first band because my seventh grade daughter had a band concert so i went to go see the christmas band concert for a little bit that's punk rock right there. Hey, you know, let me tell you something about my daughter's <laughs> seventh grade band. They played a nice, tight 13-minute set. There you no go. filler. All killer, no filler. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always, I'm always going to kids' stuff. I've, I'm sure we've talked about that before in our brief six episodes leading up to this. Um, it's, it's not an easy balance, but it's what I do my, I do my best, you know. Oh, yeah. But, so, yeah, so I missed the very first band, which was, I think they're called Bitter Truth or something. Classic, you know made up hardcore name and then the band i saw was playing was life loss i think um but these kids the way these kids dance at the hardcore shows now 
I, I've never I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I couldn't have I stayed as far away from the pit as possible. They do this thing like they're swimming in the air and just like karate kicking and just it's almost like having a seizure, like a violent seizure. Oh, it, it's I've just, yeah. have you seen that? It's I've just seen, like this crazy I've seen, like I've seen video of that. I've never actually seen that at a show. It was the, it, I think it's the first time I've seen it too. Um in person, so Grand Rapids is, while I've been sleeping for these last 10 years, has developed a pretty decent little hardcore scene. I mean, it's small, but it, the way these kids act at the shows, I mean, I would be out of breath in 30 seconds the way these kids dance. Well, doesn't it look like they're fighting like an invisible foe? Isn't, isn't so, that kind of thing? Like, like kicking yeah. and chopping and punching? And, it is. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a crazy guy out front of Denny's at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, I, I just don't even know what to make of it. Yeah. So you didn't I mean, venture. You didn't venture up front. Lips and handstands and yeah, if fighting imaginary foes, and it's like, man, oh man. I mean, I sort of. It's fun. They're getting into it. I mean, good for them. But the, you know, there's maybe 200 people there, but they're all so far back because nobody wants to go in that like area where these people are having their seizures. Right. So it was a pretty decent show, but it was one of the. It turned out to be one of those shows where I ran into an old friend, not the guy who yelled at me first, but a different guy. Who we used to play, our bands used to play together 20 plus years ago, and I never hardly get to see him. And we just stood around and BS most of the whole show. I had oh, a wonderful okay. time. You drank, I had a great time. Drank a lot. Uh, I think I had two beers. I did not drink oh, a lot. It was it was the weather. The weather was. We've been having this intermittent winter winter weather, and you know when it's going to be slippery out, I get yeah. I begin a little paranoid. Smart, yeah. Yeah. So you know I have like a 20 20. 20 minute drive home or so um it was a piece of cake the show was over so early too that was the other thing like the, i mean the band that played right before madball is a chicago band hardcore band called karma k-h-a-r-m-a never heard of them they were decent i mean they were you know the the hardcore now and you kind of alluded to this earlier it's so metallic compared to what we think of as hardcore right you know i mean agnostic front was like the most metallic hardcore band back in the day right or or chromags Chromags, yeah, Chromags for but sure. But there's so much more metally now. The choppiness and the breakdown and the real chuggy. Yep, chuggy, chuggy, chuggy yeah, chuggy and breakdown. And you know, and you know, <laughs> and seeing Madball play with Hatebreed and all these other bands, Prong and all these other crazy bands, I think it's just because rock music, heavy music, is just not that popular anymore. So it's just like there's sort of like a, you know, we we're, we're, we have more in common than we have. There's sort of a brotherhood among all these different heavy genres more than there used to be, just because. It's like us against the world more than before. So yeah. Um, but anyway, it was a cool show. I had I had fun. Uh, there was not one piece of vinyl available. Do they have a new album out? Are they touring a new album or anything? I or it was just a just a no. show. Okay. So of course it's hooded sweatshirts because that's what those guys all wear, right? Yep. It's the it's the uniform. Yep. Yeah, and uh, there was some T-shirts, but I mean, the, like the local bands had CDs, but I just I, I didn't buy any. I didn't. So yeah, I, I I literally spent zero dollars on merch. I bought two five dollar PBRs, and that was it. Talked to an old friend, had a great time. Okay, cool. Well, I went to uh, I went to a show as well. Actually, last night, as a matter of fact. Yes. I went to see uh, Masked Intruder. We're playing their cool. last show of the year, and uh, funnily enough, they weren't playing in Chicago. They were playing in this northwestern suburb called Barrington. Which is uh, which okay. actually is a very rich suburb, but this must have been on the outskirts of. So Barrington how far? How far? Okay, so this was this was quite a drive for you, dude. It was. Let me tell you, I I, I was thinking it would be forty five minutes, and then I did yeah. a map quest thing. It was an hour and ten minutes to get Yikes. there. 
hour and ten and, minutes. And so. so is so is it, it? And it's closer to you than Chicago proper, or not? Uh, no, I can get to I can get to Chicago and like. No, you no, know. you can get. I'm saying people from Chicago proper though would take them even longer. It would or... take them even. Yeah, it would take them even longer. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like yeah. me driving to Lansing or something or yeah. Kalamazoo. Yeah, which probably explains uh, the the lack of uh, the lack of city people there let's put it that way because this was seriously it was like it was like driving driving okay going through suburbs okay and then suddenly you're in the country there is literally like no street lights you turn off the highway there's no street lights and it's just like country roads and uh and uh, the GPS, you're, having, you're having you're having like deliverance flashbacks no shit no shit um <laughs> the, the the gps is telling me it's another half mile and there's just a few there's like a stray building off to the left and uh and Lydia's like, "That's it," and I'm like, "No, that can't be it." And she's like, "Yeah, it is," because this place was t- this place was tiny. But sure enough, sure enough, that's what it is. What a it's, weird, who, yeah. Whose idea was it to book this book there? I wonder. I don't know. It's a place called the Penny Road Pub, and the, the place I, that probably has Molly Crew cover bands in most weekends, right? They do. That's exactly what they have, as a matter of fact. Um, but for some, for some reason, they were doing like twenty bands of Christmas or something. Yeah, so yeah. They decided to have this mini festival, and Saturday night was going to be the punk rock night. And I guess Mast Intruder were looking for a, a place to play, you know, and and so it all fell together. So but they could have, they just played Cobra Lounge, right? And they sold it out, or I mean, they could they could yeah. sell out a Chicago venue, a smaller one. I don't know if there were any because I I think um I think there was something hardcore wise going on in Chicago over the weekend. Mm. Um, mm. Did the Lawrence Arms have some kind of three day festival? Oh, was it Warren yeah. Christmas? Yeah, that would make Christmas. that would make yep. sense. I saw a friend of mine was down there. Yeah, so I think I think that's maybe what that was. So I don't. Uh, there must not they be do any that venues. at like Bottom Lounge or something. It's at a bigger club, I think. Yeah, it was. It's uh, it was a Chop House uh, this time, I think. Oh, Chop House. That, yeah. No, that's not that big, is it? No, it's not that big at all. No. Mm. Um, Maybe it didn't go that well at the big place last year. But anyway, so inside, this place was exactly what you would expect from, like, a small country bar. They had a nice stage. I mean, yeah, it, it wasn't bad, but it's small inside. And you, you, we walked in because we were relatively early. This thing started at 2 in the afternoon. And I wanted to see some of the opening bands, so we got there at, like, maybe 5, 5.30. Yeah, so you text me pretty early, and I'm like, oh, man, if there's 20 bands, I, I, I figured the headliner wouldn't go on until, like, midnight or something. I'm like, dude, you are crazy, man. Well, the, the the funny thing is, so they had an upstairs, which was, like, the big room, and that probably holds, like, 150 maybe. Okay. And they also, have a, they also have another stage downstairs, like a basement. And that's hmm. a much smaller, more intimate room that probably holds about 75 people or something like that. So they had some bands down there, too. So... um. Hmm. I think that's where the 20, 20 band thing comes from. But uh, anyway, we walked in there and there was a there was a band already playing. Uh, that band was a band called When the Sun Sets. Mm. And uh, my horrible daughter, name for a band. My daughter immediately said, "Holy shit! It sounds just like Yellow Card," which I guess is an emo band. See, I would I, I've heard of Yellow Card, yeah. but. And once uh, again, I'm not. I swear, I'm not trying to be some like holier than thou punk rock guy. I've heard of them. I don't know any of their songs. Yeah, I didn't know either until Lydia played me once a day. Uh, was it terrible? It was okay. I mean, it is emo, right? It's 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 well produced and it sounds it sounds mm. okay, but I I wouldn't choose to put it on. But you anyway, should probably go I, listen to your Tube Boy Army records. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> but anyway, so when the sun sets, they were professional. They were good. They obviously either come from money or a label has pumped some money into them because they had. I, I, good I, I, I have, dude, I have never seen an opening band like, and these guys were like fourth or fifth on the bill, and they had 
they didn't just have t-shirts they had jogging pants they had <laughs> they had like they had like coaches jackets i mean no so how many pairs of jogging pants did you buy <laughs> seven eight? well the sad thing was at the end of the night when they were they didn't look like they sold a damn thing because they were cleaning up the the their merch so uh what was did there end up being a good crowd or was it pretty small crowd um because all the opening bands were all local um each one seemed to bring their own like crew of like 20 people so Ah, they all left after him yeah pretty much or they like milled about outside so Ah. you know the bar was at the back of the venue the stage was at the front and then there was a couple of seats and stuff in the middle so you know i maybe 150 people uh, okay, like so that, like by up, the time Master played, there was a decent crowd there. There was, a, de- crowd. There, was a, there was a decent crowd, yeah. So first one I saw was When the Sun Sets, emo, okay. you know. Then there was another band came on called Seasides, and that's yep. C, like a C. And Are they from, from Milwaukee? No, they're from Chicago. Okay. Or Chicago suburbs, I should say. And they were good. They played like melodic style, mid-paced punk. And like I said, were, I've at least heard of them. Yeah, and they were good. I looked, and they have a couple of things up on uh, up on Bandcamp, a couple of demos. Mm. And uh, they're good. You know, they sound kind mm. of like Lawrence Armsy kind of thing. They, mm. were, they were decent at four-piece. Mm. Um, then there was a three-piece came up uh, called Dead Rest. Uh, okay. Not familiar. Uh, not my not my cup of tea, really. Were they a hardcore uh, band? Menzinger's style, kind of. Uh, See, if, they if got a, like a hardcore name, like yeah. a generic hardcore band name, huh? Yeah, I mean they were pretty melodic for for hardcore. I mean they they did what they did very well as a three piece. I would say Menzingers ain't, Menzingers ain't hardcore, man. They're like poppier bouncing souls or something aren't they yeah well i was i was thinking some of the breakdowns of the structure of the songs and stuff like mm. that and also the way the vocals are structured it, that, mm. that's, that's what it kind of <clears> reminded <throat> me of but anyway they, they were okay and then mast intruder came on at eight fifteen. and Man, that um, is super early were there bands yep. after them uh there was one other local band came on after them I mean, what's but Intruder playing at our tops right they played in our tops and i think yeah. uh, i think it was a real struggle because and, he, and here's why so i thought it was weird they came on it's a i mean it's a tiny stage because it was it was a tiny place and yep. then you know first green comes on then purple and then red and then green is like tuning up blues guitar and i'm like okay that's kind of weird he's not like that big of a star so did you say purple like... they got the regular bass player back or they still got that chick playing bass for him no the chick excuse me you mean that young lady yes the young, <laughs> is young lady still... you meant. is the young lady still playing well she is but she took over from yellow yellow used to be the bass player and yellow but, but i think it's that's temporary right or is that permanent now? i don't know uh, well the last hmm. uh two or three times i've seen him it's been purple on uh, on bass yeah, so, I, well, uh, I think the real bass player might actually be in jail or something. That's what I heard. Now maybe that's just a well, rumor. I thought I thought that's their shtick, right? So I could don't be. know. If, yeah. I don't know if that's true or whether you know who the hell knows, right? And who the hell knows who was under those masks? It, it could be anybody, that's right? True. It could be um, Gene Simmons. But anyway, so I, eventually Blue came on stage and he was sick as a dog. Um, he's the singer. Yeah, Blue is the singer. Yeah, then yeah. So I, I mean, I felt bad for him, and um, I have to, I have to give him a lot of, a lot of credit for even going through with this show because this is how sick he was. He's, he, he, he basically threw up on stage like two or three times. <laughs> Seriously, he had to, he had to pull over Did to the side. Yeah, he had a bucket to the side of the stage, oh, and at one point towards the end, he just turned around, he stopped playing, went to the back, and basically just was throwing up in front of his. Maybe he's so, so nervous about playing in front of these hillbillies that are probably gonna <laughs> gang rape him after the show. <laughs> Thank you for taking it to a place I didn't expect. Dude, it to go. Is it, that that is that is a weird a weird scenario you know i mean over the years i've been to some shows at kind of one-off venues that didn't seem right but that's uh huh yeah so so okay did you buy tickets in advance or you paid the door or what i i i bought tickets in advance so what what does something like this cost that was 20 bucks i think in advance okay. i think i think it was so, 20 so maybe I think a it was little 25. more 
Maybe a little more than it would have been if it was just like a Mass Intruder show. Yeah, but like I say, there was like 20 bands starting all day. So, so... Mass Intruder's got a guarantee. They're probably the only band on the bill with a guarantee. Oh, I would hope so, yeah. And they have to get paid. And then after that, everybody gets 30 bucks or something. Yeah, I would I would guess. Because like I say, 100, 150 people tops. And it was funny because obviously a lot of people, especially sitting around the bar, they were clearly locals who go there like every think night. they just let them in and just like, yeah. oh, you're fine. Joe's fine. Let him in. And the look of amazement on their faces. They just looked like they had no idea what the hell was going on or who these people were. Because <laughs> Do you think it, it, the mass intruder went any of them over? Did you see any guy wearing like a camouflage hat <laughs> and like uh, looked like he'd just been out in the woods did any of them come up front and start pumping their fists? Um, there was a few people like that, but they'd also have like leather jackets on, so it was tough to tell mm. what the deal was, was to tell you the truth. I, dude, I <laughs> I don't know what it's like most nights, to tell you the truth. I, I, well, you I have no should, idea. You should head over there. See, it, check it out. It was, a, it was just a just very... Just like a random Friday night. You know, you walk... That, it has that thing where you walk in and literally like the jukebox skids off the, I, off the record and everyone just turns, turns around. <laughs> but now what was funny was, I don't know if it's because, I mean, I, I'm clearly older than everybody else or I just have uh, something. I, I'm not sure. But there was one table like right in the middle at the front mm-hmm. just by itself. And because we got there early enough, we managed to get that table. It was like a booth, right? Because um, it was like three of us and I met Rick. You, you've met him. Him, yeah, and his, yeah. him and his girlfriend were there so we sat there it was like pride of place because it's right in the middle and uh so we got up for mast intruder and so we didn't leave anything at the table but we came back and when we when we when mast intruder when we came back people still were not sitting at my table <laughs> so we, we just slid they right intimidated by slid, you? i don't know but people were like moving from the bar for me it was weird i mean you know i got kind of a 50s look going on but i i don't think i look <laughs> like i'm in the mafia or anything but who knows right Hmm. Um, but anyway, it was a. It was they, a... they probably they probably thought you were Gary Newman, <laughs> singer of Two Boy Army. No, I'd have had a, I'd have had a sail uh, a captain's cap on if I was doing <laughs> that. Just flow my plane go. in. You should but... wear like a red beret. Maybe they'll think you're Captain Sensible. But my, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll tell you how how hickish this place was. Um, the, the parking lot is tiny, so we were driving around trying to find a place to park, and there was a, like a, a mechanic shop next door, and they had a bunch of like Confederate flags outside. Which my daughter was immediately like, "What the fuck is this?" About? <laughs> so, so anyway. you're gonna take your foreign car over there to get? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna take my Scion over there to get to get looked at. But uh, but anyway, one of them Japanese, this is one of them Japanese cars, ain't it? Yeah. My grandpa went and killed them bastards, so you could drive their cars. <laughs> But uh, anyway, yeah. it, it was it was a really fun show, and like I say, I got mad props to Mast Intruder for even carrying through, especially Blue mm-hmm. for carrying through with it when he was clearly sick as a dog. Uh, you know, so, it was, okay, uh, but is that, that good, good or bad? I mean, should they should they have canceled? Well, well, with I don't know, it's going to be the last show of the year, and they I guess they made a what promise. What if you get the flu from standing up by the stage from Blue? Uh, hopefully, yeah. Uh, well, luckily, but maybe he was just. Home. I was like I was like three people back, so I think I'll be okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. But uh, oh, I forgot where I was going to go with that. But anyway, uh, it happens. Yeah, you got any show? You got any? Okay, so we are almost. We're getting. We're only a couple weeks from the end of the year now. Two or three weeks. You got anything left this year? No, and in fact, um, so you were talking about Madball. Um, that was that was Friday night. They were playing yeah. in Chicago. Yeah, uh, Mad- Reggie's. Yeah, they were playing at Reggie's, and uh, I was I was gonna go. And uh, I had a really shitty day at work on Friday, and it took me like an hour and a half to get home after work because there was didn't an feel accident. Like driving into I the city. did not feel like driving another hour and a half into the city so, to see to to see Madball. See, I the, the, I I'm I like that old firm Casuals Madball matchup. I think that's a cool that's a cool show. Um, 
but yeah, they did not have the old firm casual with them out here. They were meeting up with them later. They were doing, I don't know, Chicago and Detroit and some other places. But Yeah, and I, pro- I probably would have been going to see the old firm casuals if, if I'd gone to that show. But like I say, I just did not have the stamina. I didn't have it in me on Friday night. The, to, to the old firms, I, you know, I, I have already turned in my my best of the year list for punk news. I can't even remember off the top of my head what all is on it. But um, the, the old firm casuals is a record that probably should have made my list, but there was a couple of reasons it didn't, but that, that old firm casuals record this year was, it was good. Yeah. Definitely a little more metally than some of their stuff, but it was good. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So let's, uh, let's, let's play another song. Um, do you have something or should I, oh, should shoot. I pick something? You know what? You better go and give okay. me that. Cause I, I, I flaked out on that because I was thinking about what I was going to have you listen to. Okay. For next week. Okay, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a song. It's off the damned second album, "Music for Pleasure," and this song is called "Idiot Box." And after we've listened to it, I'm gonna tell you the story behind this because I had got no idea of the cool story behind this song. So uh, here we go, "Idiot Box" by the Damned off their second album. <laughs>
so there you go. That was the song Idiot Box by The Damned. And So, uh, so uh, now I'll, I'll tell you a story first. Well, I, was well, say, you, I was going to ask you about this record because this, that's a much maligned damn album, I mu- think. Yeah, a Music for Pleasure is certainly not one of my favorites. It's got some good songs on it, but I only learned about the story behind this song um, a couple days ago, and I am fascinated. So You're still learning things at your age? I Holy am, cow. I am, and, and you guys what are What did you do, talk to somebody in the 60s? You guys are about to get some learning too, let me tell you. <laughs> Who did you get the story from? So, um, I... I Someone mentioned it on Facebook, and then I started digging into it to see what the true story was. And Ooh, I actually, I did, I did research exclusive. it. Yeah, it, it is. It's cool. So okay, so you know what the you know what the idiot box is, right? It's a TV? slang for television. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. television, huh? So this is, and it, once you've heard the song, I, I don't know if you've heard music for pleasure. Have you heard that album? I have. Yes. Okay. So do you know the song Idiot Box? I, I vaguely. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know it intimately, but I'm aware of it. Okay, so you know it's a very unusual structure. It doesn't sound like the damned at all. In fact, it sounds like the well, the damned. whole album didn't sound like the damned at all. That was part of the problem with it, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and but that song, particularly, it sounds sound structure, song structure. It sounds like the band Television, mm. and what it is, it's a complete diss on Television, because here's what happened. So hopefully, most of you out there know who the band Television is, right? They were one of those New York artsy bands from like yep, the yep. 75. CBGB CBGB sounds super artsy. So very talented guys. Very talented. Too talented to be punk, quite frankly. But apparently complete assholes. Because here's the story. So April seventy seven, the damned are one of the first thing or that might be the first English punk band to come over and play some dates in the States. They came over, played the East Coast, they played CBGBs a couple nights, and we're talking April seventy seven. They played CBGBs, and they played uh, a couple nights in Boston, I believe, at the Rat or one of those clubs. Mm -hmm. And then they got an invitation from Tom Verlaine from television, who was playing a gig. They were playing a gig in L.A. Mm. Um, I I can't remember which club, one of the the clubs in L.A. And and they invited him to come out and and, and support them. So the damned... didn't have much money but they, they got together whatever money they they could and went cross country to support television and 3000 miles and they get there and Tom Verlaine decides he doesn't like punk bands and he decides he's not going to have them on the bill at all Ooh. so they traveled all this way and now Tom Verlaine has decided that uh, that he, he doesn't like that band doesn't like punk rock wants nothing to do with it and and there we go so <clears throat> the the story is that the damned decided to go to the show anyway. Uh, they go to the television show in the crowd, and uh, pardon my French here, some of you might be very upset, but supposedly they show they show up at the gig wearing T-shirts that say "Television of Cunts." <laughs> <laughs> so, so when they when they get home and they've uh, and, and and they they were out of money at this point they had no way of getting home so mm. so what they did and this and this is actually from those books we were talking about last week the stories of early LA punk mm. i don't know if you'll remember they all mention everyone being amazed cuz the damned played some shows in LA mm. So, um, so that's what they did. They played some other shows in L.A. headlining to, to make enough money to get home. And on one of them, on one of them, they were saying, "Throw us, throw money at the stage because we don't have enough money to get home or whatever." So, um, and and after that, I guess a lot of the uh, L.A. punk bands started forming or started changing or whatever after after seeing mm. the Damned. But uh, it, it's it's just a really interesting story. Mm. And so, um, so, Idiot Box was it was insulting Tom Verlaine in television. Yeah, and in the first verse, 
uh, goes, I can't turn you off. Well, I just tried and left you off. Tom Verlaine, you may be art, but you sure ain't rock and roll. Wow, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious now that you look at it, right? Yeah, I mean, it name tracks everyone in the band, every single <laughs> member of the band. And the last... <laughs> The last, the last verse is old Fred Smith works for the box. Oh, what a haggard face! Hope he gets lots of shocks from his Fender bass. <laughs> Back in the days when you could actually get shocked from your musical, equipment. yeah. So <laughs> I, I just love, I just love that story. I mean, huh. it's so like, now that album is growing, it's climbing up the damn depth chart for you. Yeah, well, I, I just love that story, man. Where they see these huh. bands like arguing with each other, and uh, but that's that's great. I don't know if anyone else knew that story, but I, I liked it. You know, I hadn't heard that before. Um, that is funny. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that that with that damn show that they did start playing in LA, the first show that was like the first Germs show, I believe, uh, was opening opening that really. Night. Yeah, they they debuted that night, I guess. Played with the so, Weirdos and the Germs. Okay, so since I'm not since I'm a little ill prepared on what song to play, you know what? Let's do a song from. Uh, you said they played with the Weirdos and the Germs, huh? Yep. Yep. Let's. I was thinking a, a Germ song, but you know what? Let's do a let's do a Weirdos song. I think the Weirdos are sort of an underrated LA. LA uh, early punk band. Let's do uh, We Got the Neutron Bomb, the big uh, Weirdos early song. That's a good idea. Okay, so here's the Weirdos with We Got the Neutron Bomb.
Okay, that was the weirdos. We got the neutron bomb from what was that? From like seventy eight, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so they were imagine. they were first wave, I think. Oh yeah, they were seventy eight. Yeah, they were seventy nine. I don't know. Uh, now that's a uh, that's uh, that single. The original press of that single. That's uh, that's worth some money, I believe. Mm. If you can find it. Too rich for my blood. Yeah. So uh, what what do you what are you thinking uh, you'd like to have me listen to for next time? Okay, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna push you again. I'm gonna get you something to listen to something mm. a little different you've never heard. Have you ever listened to the band The Gun Club? Uh, they were a Talking Heads spinoff, right? No, sir. That was the Tom Tom Club. Oh, the Tom Tom Club. I uh, have not. Okay, so the Gun Club actually it's we're, we're keeping it with the whole LA focus. So. Okay. Jeffrey Lee Pierce was the guy who used to write Same for Slash. Name. Yeah, he used to write for Slash, okay. and then he formed uh, he formed a couple of bands. Um, he was actually in charge of the Blondie Fan Club back then as well. Mm. But uh, he formed a, a swampy, bluesy, sleazy type punk rock band called the Gun Club, and mm. uh, they're actually one of my favorite bands of all time. I gotta write this down so I don't have to text you later in the week and say, "Hey, what was I yep. supposed to listen to again?" Yeah, so it's gonna be the Gun Club, and it's their first album. It's called "The Fire of Love." The Fire of Love. Of course, I can't find a pen. That's all right. I'll text you later and remind, yeah. to remind me. <laughs> yep, I will. I will remind you. But I think I think you will like this. I don't think mm. you'll have heard anything like it before. Hmm. Well, uh, that's something in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I mean, okay. So maybe kind of like uh. Oh, who's that? Who's that band with John Doe and DJ Bonebreak and stuff that you went to see last summer? Oh, X. No, 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 no. That's spinoff band. Oh, the Flesh Eaters. Flesh Eaters. Yeah. So it may be kind of in a similar so vein it's to of that. Poetic and artsy fartsy kind of. Eh, yeah, he's more drunk than poetic. <laughs> mm. I can relate to that. Yeah, but they. Um, <laughs> but I, th- I really think so. The Fire of Love originally came out in '81. Hmm. Um, okay. But yeah, so by that time he'd stopped writing for Slash, and uh, but he actually <laughs> one of another one of his early claim to fame was he wrote a couple of the songs I believe on the first Circle Jerks record because him and Keith hmm. Morris, well, him and Keith Morris are real tight, and in fact you probably know the name because Off have a song called Jeffrey Lee Pierce. Okay. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think, that, I think that Keith Morris is not a prolific writer, and uh, there's some pretty good reason to believe that he borrowed heavily when he wrote. Yeah. Well. So. Yeah, so Jeffrey Lee, I know, wrote wrote a couple songs off mm. of uh, cool, off of Group Sex, and uh, yeah, so Fire of Love I by will, the Gun I Club. Will, I will check that out. Yeah. I, uh, I I've heard, like I said, I know the name, but I've never listened to them. Okay. Um, okay, you you folk punk Neil? I mean, you, are you like a fan of like uh, who's that? Who's that? Like Frank Turner or anything like that? Um, Frank Turner, I don't know. I mean, if we want to go back to well, oh, you don't know Frank Turner. Well, he's an Englishman. I figured you knew every Englishman. I figured you knew him personally. <laughs> yeah, we do. We all do. Oh, there's, there's, all, there's only like a hundred of us. We all know each other. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a small island. I mean, you were talking to folk punk. I'm going back to things like New Model Army and stuff like that okay. from like yeah, from like the I early don't. early eighties. Uh, so I, this, I, this, so you're familiar with uh, like Doc Buster, Doc Buster, the Boston punk band, or. Uh, so I'm going to have you listen to the new Lenny Lashley because it's by far the biggest oversight on my year-end best of list is not putting Lenny Lashley on there. You just made that name up. That's not a real person. That sounds like that sounds like that sounds like a <laughs> he, pro, he played, wrestler he played, for the he WWE. He played guitar on the last album or two by the Street Dogs. 
Oh, okay. So the Street Dogs album last year was called Stand for Something or Die for Nothing. And I got to tell you, it was one of my very favorite records last year. Man, was that good. Street Dogs are making the type of records you wish Dropkick Murphys could make anymore. Yes. You know, I agree with that 100%. Because it's Mike yep. McColgan, of course. The singer is the only kind of constant Street Dog, I think. But yeah, Lenny Lashley played in a punk band called they're called Dark Buster. You or I would call it Dark Buster, but they're Boston from Boston, so it's Dark Basta, you know, or something. <laughs> Dark Busta. But uh, he's got a real thick accent. But he put out. It, it, it's it's not it, to call it a pure folk punk album. Well, no, it's a folk punk album, but it's got drums and bass. It's not like a just a guy sitting around with the acoustic guitar. But it's it's definitely a very modern political type of album. But man, the songwriting is good on it. It's, it's so it's uh, Lenny Lashley's Gang of One is the name of the band, and the name of the record is All Are Welcome. All Are Welcome, and it's a, is and it new? How, like it came out earlier this year. Okay. The thing I like about it, so so you know, we've talked about politics. How we try to I, like I hate partisan politics, but I think there are certain universal political things that all most all of us that are reasonable can agree on without having to agree on a particular political affiliation and i think lenny lashley's pretty good about you know letting his politics sort of reflect just being human rather than like you know this party's gonna save us or that party's gonna save us or or that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. so anyway um yeah, I, I I think it's really good. I don't know if you like it or not. I, I think the songwriting is really great, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I like his voice. I like everything about it. It's but it is, you know, it's closer to Tom Petty than it is to, you know, uh, the Sex Pistols or something. Okay. But it struck a chord with me. There was definitely a couple of songs, especially that really, really kind of struck a chord with me on a personal level so yeah check out lenny lashley's gang of one all right all are one i'm looking at the album right now okay it's got a picture got like of the statue, statue of liberty on it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so okay um, so, and also so all complaints due to uh neil's language please uh direct those to <laughs> punk till i die 77 at gmail.com remember he's english so he's allowed to use certain words that we americans aren't hey listen i'm just saying what the damned had on their t-shirts <laughs> I, I you know i i'm just quoting what listen was on if their people t-shirts. are going to be offended neil they don't need to be listening to us it's that's, fine that's that's right they can take it up with red scabies i I don't want i'm not gonna go out of my way to offend somebody but i'm also not gonna you know worry too much about it so yeah well like i say you can take that up with dave vanian and captain sensible exactly neil would never use that word in his personal life like if he got caught up in traffic i never never. heard him use that word or anything like that i I would like to i would like to know what tom (laughs) verlaine thought of that whole thing or what he thinks of the damned uh that would be uh well, that would be yeah, interesting. And, and, and it would be interesting to know what he thought then and what he thinks now because the years have a way of taking the edge off of things, you know? Well, then I it's, think it's hard to hold a grudge for 40 years. Well, I, well, then he probably thought he was on top of the world, but these days he, yeah. probably, he probably can't can't get arrested. So no one well, knows what Tom Berlin is. Television made two albums. Yep. Marky Moon and Adventure. Uh, that's well, I, yeah, they made those two, and then they made another one in like a like self-titled t- one in the early 15, 90s. Yeah, fifteen years later or something. Yeah, and it's, it's, I'm 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 a little bit of a television fan. I mean, I'm not like huge in it. It's it's not something I listen to all the time. No, if you're in the mood, that's good. That first, album but but is it's fantastic. funny because obviously the damned win this. Yep. Marathon, right? Because yep. they're still they're still around, and they're still as much as I'm not super crazy about their newer records. They're still around making records. And I know Tom Verlaine did another band called. He made it. Was there? Was it the Verlaine? What was his? <laughs> See, what was his that's that's, that's pretty telling that we don't know what his other band, his remember, other band name is. But I know he did music after yeah. 
television. Yeah. yeah. See, see, and now he'd be he'd be lucky for the dam to ask him to warm up. So you know, it's funny how these things come around. Yes. So, so all right. Well, hey, as usual, it's been fun, and we will uh, do it again next week. We sure will. Until then, everybody. Uh, we'll, uh, yep. Stay free, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Sounds good. See Bye. Ya. Bye.